All right, and with Daniel for the weekend pod, we have just witnessed City 3, United 1. Almost forgot the score there, Dan. But before we start, how are things with you? Ah, not bad, thanks, I guess. I went to Forest, yeah. which was cool because people might remember, also, my might easily have completely forgotten. I related a yarn on here probably 18 months ago now about my, my dad almost dying, and he's fine now. But there was a moment, in fact, quite longer than a moment where it looked like one, one minute he was fine, the next minute I'm racing in the car to get to the hospital to say uh, later on out of nowhere. And then about four hours later, he was not fine again, in the, but he'd survived an operation that they thought he wouldn't. And before he went into the operation, I think I said this at the time, I told a few of my close mates what was going on, obviously, because it was sudden. And one of them, who's a red, says, tell Dave, my dad, that being my dad's name, to keep the red flag flying high. And my dad lifts his arm up like this from his hospital Mm. bed as he's getting wheeled out to die and says, I hope I live long enough to see United win the league again. And I said, fuck that, I hope I do. (laughs) Yeah, well, Um, geez. But but anyway, he's fine now. But for various reasons, as in, I don't go to Old Trafford and away tickets are hard to get. We haven't been to the game together since then. But I managed to get two spares for uh, Forrest. So I was able to take my dad and celebrating last, well, not quite last minute winner with my dad. One of those things that feel like, don't know how many more of those they're going to be. So that was... Enjoy the moment. That was by far, yeah, yeah, that was by far the best thing that happened to me last week. And I managed to make a total bollocks out of every aspect of going to that game. Starting off with like leaving too late, take a ticket out, agreeing to pick my dad up rather than him coming to get me, took an hour to get there, to get to his house, which take 20 minutes. Took a wrong turning, was late. We were a bit late, five, ten minutes late. And then on the way home, having dropped my old fella home, I hit what had encountered one of those moving curbs that kind of jumps out at you when you're not looking <laughs> too flat tires. Oh, just man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an expensive game of football and worth every fucking penny. Very nice. What about you? Well, I didn't go to Forest. <laughs> but a bit of a trek there. I, did, I, I haven't been to City Ground well. I haven't been to City Ground since Forest were back in the Premier League, so I, I went before that. And to Notts County, uh, which was always a fun away trip. Uh, but yeah, no, usual usual stuff here. I mean, it's it's the middle of winter, so it's pouring with rain constantly, much like the weather in Manchester. So it gets to the point... Is it cold or no, just rainy? rainy. It doesn't. It doesn't get cold or snow, really. It's just, yeah, a lot of rain. Very, very wet. It's known for it. But at this point of the year, you get into March, and it's been raining solidly for five months. You're kind of like, please, can we see Please, <laughs> can we see some sun? And when does it... When does it become acceptable? Well, it'll warm up in the spring, but it doesn't stop raining until late June. So, yeah. <laughs> and how long is it not raining? About four months. Yeah. Yeah. And this was what your wife was eager to return yeah, to? for some insane reason. This is this is what she wanted to return to, yeah. It's it's basically two seasons, wet season and the dry season. The, the wet season's twice as long as That's the dry int- season. Yeah, so... But that's, that's like Africa, like uh, West Africa, sort of. I mean, it has Harmattan where there's like wind getting blown over it from Sahara, but otherwise wet season and dry yeah, season. Yeah, well, we're in the we're in the rain shadow clement. of the Olympic Mountains here. So if you actually, if you go 20, 20 minutes south, they'll get 100 inches of rain a year. We get 40. So it could be a lot worse. The The Olympic Mountain rainforest is quite, oh. it's quite extraordinary, really, because it's like an old growth temperate rainforest. So I didn't even know anything like that actually existed. But it looks like something out of Jurassic Park or something like that. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, very, very wet around these parts. Well, I suppose we would talk about football at some point. <laughs> we can try and avoid it for as long as possible. Yeah. But there was a game today. Oh, it's, it's one of those games that like United had three shots in this game and 24% possession, which I, I guess tells some something of the, the story of dominance. But, but actually for like nearly an hour, they kept it competitive. And perhaps more the more competitive than a lot of pundits were expecting. So there's some credit there, and it just kind of fell apart with the substitutions and City grinding United down, and the the steam ran out at some point, and and in the end, it feels like a comfortable victory. But what do you make of it? It was a comfortable victory. I mean, we've seen those games. We saw twenty years of them, where it might take a while for the other teams to fall apart, but fall apart they will. And United did. I thought, I guess, at the start of the beginning, I felt like at least we had the wingers in the right places to begin with. Rashford on the left, Garnacho on the right. 
which was felt like yeah. that was. And I, I wasn't surprised that he's played Bruno through the two of them because obviously he's got to play him. And that way you get to get another midfield player in. And it wasn't a bad way of playing. I was surprised he played Lindelof at left back. I thought he'd keep Amrabat in because he played quite well in the second run relative to himself <laughs> in the second half against Forest. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually surprised me because when I saw the team sheet, I was like, oh, no, this is a cup final again. Bruno's out wide. And um, so there, there was a tactical surprise and it was sort of Bruno as a as a sort of false nine or maybe two tens. I don't know exactly how you'd describe it. But it worked in terms of keeping United much more compact and quite narrow. And it frustrated City, although they did have 18 shots in that first half, which was the most for 20-something years or something crazy like that against United. So we seen, There seem to be a lot of these records. Yeah, we're good at that, aren't we? <laughs> it's like that, that's that Moyes season where everyone wins at Old Trafford for the first time in 78 yeah, yeah. years or whatever it was. Yeah, well, there's another record today. This is the first time since 2014 at Leicester that United had given up a first-half lead to lose a game in the Premier League, that is. I was at that. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the strangest games of football I have ever witnessed, where after about half an hour, you're like, wow, we're the league this season. Yeah, and, and then they play. That was some of the... Some of the best post-Fergie football. I mean, low bar, yeah, but yeah. they played some lovely stuff that day. And they all fell apart. Managed to lose. And then Van Gaal completely, completely loses his bottle. Shat the bed completely, but I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, look, today, I, I don't blame Ten Hag for that approach. I mean, I I, uh, I haven't really followed a lot of the, the, the post-match punditry because... Um, like it, it's it, it it you could have this kind of binary view of the world in which uh, he is a bit more open. United playing this kind of basketball fashion as they have been, and City completely destroy United. And he went for something completely different, which was which is what happened last. Which season. What happened last season, and uh, you know I was pretty worried about that. Not not that I think City are six one better than United or something like that. I think it's just the tactics that United have been playing this season, trying to keep it open deliberately. So, just feels a bit. It felt it felt kind of as Wayne and I talked about on the midweek pod. Just felt too too right for City to kind of pick through there and and destroy us. And so, in a sense, I don't blame Ten Hag for for trying to keep it completely narrow. It's just there wasn't another option. You know, once he started taking players off. Like it was a worse team out there to do that, and there was no other answer. So, I think I think he didn't. I mean, the substitutions looked odd, but I think he didn't have options because Rashford. I mean, I wasn't necessarily anything wrong with taking Rashford off, and Evans. He said Evans and Rashford weren't fit to begin with. I don't think those were tactical changes. I think those were these lads can't do any more than they've done already. Evans is a funny one, really, isn't he? Because he's been good. He's been all right. Yeah, I mean, I. I I guess it's based against expectations that a 35-year-old coming from a relegated team who didn't really play much last season, you don't expect much of him. And I don't think he expected much. I mean, he, he went to United to get fit for pre-season and suddenly he's been in the team an awful lot and playing well. So, And I kind of trust him. I trust him to not totally bollocks it up, right? He's he's pretty unflappable. And I think everyone expected Haaland to, to be able to bully him, which he didn't. I mean, he did miss one from under the crossbar, which was quite extraordinary. <laughs> but, that felt like he was trying. He was do, trying to do more than score a goal. Just hit it. He wanted to. He he wanted to it to somehow be a nice yeah. finish, and that was why he ended up doing that. But yeah, my daughter came in at that point and goes, "Who's that? His face looks like he's made of rubber." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's Dawson. <laughs> The Norwegian Les Dawson. Yeah, extraordinary. I mean, before that, of course, yeah, there was a pretty extraordinary strike from Marcus Rashford. It had something of the Wayne Rooney against Newcastle vibes about that. It was a, he was angry and just smashed it. Uh, but it was a it was just a punt up field, nice control and turn from Bruno. Yeah, waited, laid Bruno. it off, all the kind of things you'd want from a number nine, and and the, a fantastic finish from Marcus. Yeah, it was. I mean, we'll talk about uh, Rashford a little bit more in bonus content. But yeah, like it was uh, the one, the goal that kind of reminded me of a little bit. Also, was ever against yeah, Bayern, yeah, where he just slams it in, and you have those some moments of thinking, "Can we do this? Maybe this isn't going to know exactly the way I know it's going to go." 
because the thing is, it's like both the Ole wins a way to see. I backed United to win those games because I felt like I could see a way that they were going to do it. That And here, I just, I could not see it. I didn't feel that they had good enough defending in them. Although, as it turned out, I mean, we defended the box quite well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that first half, ran a lot of clearances. He gets, gets himself in the right position for all those cutbacks, the classic City goals. And it, it took... And the classic United conceded yeah. goal. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, yeah, did a lot of stuff right. Although, a lot, of, as I said, a lot of shots from City, but a, a couple of good stops from Manana and a lot of blocks and, and just defended very narrow and in the right way. And it wasn't really until United sort of tired that it sort of fell apart. And I suppose, I suppose, I mean, an extraordinary strike from from Phil Foden to, to get City back into the game. But, but, but... It comes like, what, a few seconds after Rashford is at least got a minor tug from Kyle Walker. The kind of thing that... That sounds fun. (laughs) Well, uh, that's that's normally what Kyle Walker's getting with one of his uh, very many lady friends. Uh, But the, 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 the funny thing about that is like, if I if I think about it objectively, so in the moment, the passion, you're like, bloody hell, he's pulled him there. Uh, and objectively, you're like, that's pretty soft. But not long afterwards, was it Nathan Aki was going along the touchline, got a pull, stops, referee gives it. And I'm like, well, what's the difference? What's the difference? Other than it's a dog so, and the referee's absolutely bottled it because if he gives it, he's going to have to give a red card as well and roll out the city goal. So it's it's one of those ones where the like the punishment is the punishment factor and the swing is really high. Yeah, I mean, I felt like it wasn't a foul, but if it had been given, you probably couldn't say, well, no, it isn't. Well, yeah, it's what, I think it's one uh, of those ones that uh, the, the VAR's just going to go with the referee on, on field decision. It's a, it's a DRS where he did the umpire's call thing, isn't it? He didn't have to go down. I see why he did go down, because he's thinking, this is definitely a foul. We're trying to waste time. Yeah. So if I and go down, the arm and the I don't yeah. think... Doesn't doesn't and he doesn't he doesn't fit. He might have been going somewhere though. I guess he takes and you've got to make a very quick decision that it looks fucking shit, doesn't it? That you dive to when you don't have to to win a free kick that you don't need, and then they go and score, and you're busy shouting about a foul. Yeah, no. I mean the the better decision in the moment is to cut across Carl Walker and try and get clipped. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think maybe a more confident Marcus Rashford would do that. So, so yeah. Anyway, the city go back the other end, and Phil Foden sticks one in the top bins, which it was definitely unfortunate because after that, United just didn't have anything at all. Uh, the only other shot they had after that was Casemiro's header miles wide off the free kick in the 99th minute. So. <laughs> they could have, yeah. I guess we had those opportunities to go further in front when Rashford goes through. Rashford, yeah. Thought that. Gary Neville was a little bit harsh with the header into path because I felt like he was already almost at full pace, more or less, in stride, and the ball kicked up quite high. So it wasn't the simplest thing to get it done, but looked ugly. He might have got it done. No, looked ugly, and and yes, I think it was probably pretty difficult. Uh, so it's unfortunate. Uh, and then the yeah, the other, I mean, not to harp on about referees because it's definitely not why United lost this game uh, but the other interesting one from the referee point of view was when Edison absolutely cleans out Garnacho, and it's one of those ones like well he's got the ball but anywhere else on the pitch the ref's going yeah free kick yellow card because you can't just follow through you're not in, he wasn't in control uh, <laughs> I know I, I know what you mean and I thought when I saw it again I was going to do something other than go that's a good tackle and when I saw it again, and then from the other angle and from the other angle, I didn't feel like at any point there was, like if you got less of the ball, I think in general in football, that if you get a lot of the ball, then providing it's not really dangerous, then it's sort of okay to clean the opponent out subsequently. Yeah. And the ones where, the ones where I think anyway, the player doesn't have much to stand, doesn't have much to defend themselves with, so if they get a tiny little touch of the ball, it's still there for the striker until they clobber him. Then that's a foul penalty, whatever. Whereas this one, it felt like he got absolutely loads on the ball. He sent it miles away. It's a contact sport. It's not possible to side tackle without contact like that. And I feel like we've decided that we want something like that in the game. 
Um, the balance now between protecting players and allowing a tackle, I'd say maybe it's gone a little bit too far towards protecting the players. But if we're not allowing a tackle like Aderson's mm. there, then we're almost not allowing tackles. Well, yeah. I mean, generally speaking, I, I do agree with that. I think the two, the two factors you'd want to look at is it's quite straight on. It's not from the side. And so he almost cannot but take the player out. And I think the wording, if I'm right, in the the description or the guidance, sorry, is the word I'm looking for, the guidance attached to Law 12 is in control. And I don't think he was. But anyway, it's like I don't want to harp on about it because it's definitely not why United lost. It's just one of those ones you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And yeah, if that is a penalty and we score, we might yeah, win. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, we we lost because City got much better players, and United are not a, a much better, much manager. better players, and probably a much better manager. Yeah, and and have resources from the bench that United don't have, and you know, you've got a ton of injuries and all of those reasons, and fifteen years of financial cheating and one hundred and fifteen charges and all of that. And on the other hand, their manager was wearing brogues. <laughs> Just not. So. Pays him money, it takes your choice. Uh, there was a point in the first half where uh, United were frustrating City and the Etihad was dead quiet. And you could hear the United fans. And Pep turns around to the, the Etihad to try and get them to make some noise. And I'm like, come on. It's, it's like when he in press conferences when he's kind of pathetically begging them to turn up at the games. Like, you guys just won the treble. You're winning everything. You're going to win a sixth title in seven seasons or whatever it is. Well, maybe not. I don't know, but probably. And they're still, they're still just there for the tourism. Also, what is going on with De Bruyne's hair, where he's got like that kind of fat wedge at the back, like Hillary from Neighbours, and then those bits of the front that look like the golden arches? I, it's wrong. It's, it's just like... It's an absolute it, he's like an aging boy band singer, isn't he? It's yeah, it's 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 all over the place. It's totally wrong. Clearly, we don't want to talk about the football when we're talking about De Bruyne's hair and Guardiola's brogues. Well, he's got that kind of clash going on as well, like the orange hair that clashes with the bright red face all the time. But I mean, I thought I thought he played quite well today. I mean, he has been yeah, he, he's been out for a long time and then has been playing well. And and him and uh, Harland have been linking up all over the place, haven't they? So, I mean, he's a great player, great player. They've got a lot yeah, of great I mean, players because I was someone. Someone was saying, is, is he the best midfielder of the Premier League era? And I guess, like for me, I guess I'd say Roy Keane is top, followed by Daylight. But could you legitimately say De Bruyne is as good as any of the others? Yeah, I think you probably could. Yeah, and there's a recency bias, of course, when people do this kind of punditry. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's up there. He's, and he's reinvented himself from being sort of the winger to being the all-round midfield creator. I mean, what he has also that a lot of players in his position don't have is that is power and change of pace. Like he's, he's a physical mm-hmm. brute. As in, like, if we think about the role he plays, and then Bruno Fernandes couldn't play that role because he doesn't have the physical power to do it in the same, in the same way as De Bruyne. But also, I guess, the, the dedication to have that kind of ability and still those kinds of shifts in is something that, I mean, Bruno will do it, but United have kind of lacked that really. I mean, I was kind of watching the first half thinking what this game really needs now is Harrods Maguire charging into a lost course and getting himself booked. Because they like, it really had exactly that kind of yeah to it. But. United like, did like a bit of physicality today. I thought they might give it a bit more. I mean, even Casemiro avoided a booking, which is like shocking. <laughs> like, uh, that's his middle name, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, but barely, barely were physical at all. I mean, there's been some great, great United performances against City where they've they tried to kick him a bit, and I, I think it's perfectly legitimate. Of course, I, I back to the. So I'm just looking at no, here. back to the penalty. Also, Mike Dean is now a feature of Sky's coverage. I mean, I guess in some ways is it better than Peter Walton? Probably don't know, but he comes on and he says with the penalty that United don't that with the rash yeah. foul. Before the second he's gone, he says he's gone down too easily there. And that, that is where I have a problem with it because that is not the point. You might look at him and say, you've gone down too easily, you Nancy. And you might make a value judgment about his character based on that, but it's irrelevant. No, is it a foul or not? Foul, no? Yeah. 
it's the question. I'm not watching the Sky Sports coverage, but what I've seen of him, I just find he just supports the referee in every case. What with what with ref- referees on, on the telly as pundits, and now Forrest hiring Klattenberg as their referee analyst. Analyst, do we all need to have referee they're four, coaches? Let's get Howard Webb. They're fourth bottom for us. Yeah. Where would Forrest be without? I mean, what are we saying? The effect of having Russ Klatz is. Oh, I have to say, <laughs> since we're on the topic of referees, and uh, this is a bit of a diversion, but there was some absolutely worldy trolling in the in the Valencia Real Madrid match yesterday, which I thoroughly enjoyed. He blows the whistle as the cross is coming over that Jude Bellingham puts in the net, and then sends Bellingham off for being quote overly aggressive, which didn't really seem like it to me, but it seems to have wound Real Madrid up. Something Rossen, which I, I quite enjoy. It's a Clive Thomas special. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a Clive Thomas special. Clive Thomas does it when Brazil play Sweden yeah, blows, in nineteen seventy eight World Cup. It goes in, and he yeah. blows from a corner, and Zico scores, and Brazil win. Except they don't. And that'll be what Clive Thomas is always known yeah. for. Really, that my favourite bit of football this weekend, I think, was AFC Wimbledon beat MK yeah, Dons. That's great. In the last minute of yeah. injury time, and the celebration Brilliant. is every bit as wild as it should be. Like the guy who scores runs to the crowd, lifts up the ball boy. God, they know this what happens <laughs> yeah. to him. I'm mean, just totally a deluge of bodies. It's just absolutely limbs everywhere, throws his shirt. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You can find it on Twitter. I, I retweeted it, but someone messaged me back actually, also saying, "Have you have you seen him? He apparently goes out. The, the lad that scores goes out at the pubs with the fans on. Nice. <laughs> have that." I haven't seen this yet, but I believe that too does also exist. But so, yeah, I mean, there is, there is like some goodness in the world. Oh, there is literally as we speak, Pete Summers 99. Thank you, sir. Has just sent it to me saying there's a better one than this, but he's on someone's shoulders and they're just all in the pub. So I would say, yeah, that was at least the forces of like triumphing over. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest crimes in the English football in the last 20 years, Uh, along with state clubs coming into football. The, the fact that, some rich dude could go up and buy a club and then move it to where he wanted. It was just absolutely horrendous. And by the way, although in theory the FA and the Premier League say they would block that again, the independent regulator and the white paper and the legislation that we were promised has not come in, right? And that would stop that and it would it would force it force clubs to consult fans on kit changes and badge changes and name changes and all that. Remember Hull, the whole owner wanted to call them the Hull Tigers and a whole bunch of stuff like that or whatever it was. And Didn't Cardiff change the colours of the yeah. shirt because red was lucky Yeah, exactly. They went from blue to red, which given that they're called the Bluebirds and their symbol is a bluebird and their shirts have been blue for 100 years was quite a crime. Yeah. Like, by the way, since we're on Manchester City, City have done this to clubs that they've bought up. Like, I mean, the franchise with New York City, obviously, that's an identikit. That's fine. New club. They did this. Didn't they do it to Melbourne City when they called something else and they changed the badge color and the name of the team and all that kind of stuff? Haven't done it with every one of their 12 clubs, but definitely with some. 12 clubs. Yeah. It's modern football for you. Um, What did you think about the second City goal? Should none have stopped it? I mean, it goes right across him. So it's if, if you look from behind the goal, it definitely looks like he should do. It's not that hard, and it's not in the corner. Yeah. But it's quite they're quite close. To, they're quite hard to save. Yeah, those yeah. Ones when they're that down. close, yeah. The pair would have obviously tried to save. He would have done. Yeah, and Nana tries to get down with his left hand. It's past him before he's down. So I don't know if I super blame him. He's actually been. He's been challenging your agenda against him in recent weeks. He had a good game at Forest and there's good moments today. Yeah, he's been okay. Yeah, He seems to have lost the yips at least. He's been, and that's, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I'm asking what you thought about that because at the time I thought should have saved it. But then the only times you see it afterwards more or less are in slow motion and, and then you can't tell that it really, really looks like you should have saved it. But that's not helpful to actually judging whether you should have done or not. Yeah, there will be, I, felt, I don't know I whether feel, I've seen the post shot, here we go, Phil phone, it's quite wide, post shot 0.49, so there you go, I mean the model says 51 times out of 100 saved, or not scored I should say. Yeah. But, it was one of those also that, I, yeah, you kind of feel like 
a good goalkeeper, a proper good goalkeeper, probably stops that. He has been much improved. He's not letting them slip through his fingers all the time. He's coming for crosses and getting them. Like he's he's asserting himself, playing more like a goalkeeper. He's coming out of his box, doing the stuff that we bought him for a bit more. Yeah, so that is better. Yeah, I guess performances like this at this level, even though they may or may not be substandard, depending on what we think about that second goal, probably mean we end up not buying a goalkeeper it won't be a priority and especially if United don't qualify for the Champions League that'll uh, that'll adjust the budget (laughs) which seems (laughs) seems unlikely at this moment that feels we haven't qualified for it this season so we're going to retain the bloke that got knocked us out of it last season Uh, yeah yeah yeah. I mean perfect 11 points behind Villa now which is extraordinary 11 points behind Aston Villa and I mean, we just still don't know whether that fifth place will be a Champions League spot or not. It, it might take an English club winning the it, Champions League to ensure it, because England are third actually at the moment on the on the coefficient. It's coefficient for this season, not a rolling three year coefficient. So it it will take. Yeah, we could we could do with either like or another clubs in the Europa or the Conference League winning there as well. And maybe sit getting to the final and losing that. <laughs> I mean, I guess I. It feels like now we're at the point where we don't want English teams to be there because we don't want Spurs in it. It is sort of getting to like it's very hard to see us getting it from here. I mean, maybe if Hoyland's back next week and we can start winning, but it feels like now actually only Arsenal stand between us and the disaster that is City winning four in a row. Or the Klopp getting his victory retire his victory back, both measurable. And the only thing that's there. yeah, I mean, I've I, I semi fancy us to take something off at least one of Liverpool and Arsenal at home. Yeah, I don't. I, Maybe I, at no point did I think we're going to lose all three of those big games. I still don't think that. I don't think. I, I don't think we're going to lose to Arsenal and Liverpool. I hope you're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it didn't look, I mean, we've got Everton next weekend and then uh, Sheffield United uh, and then the cup game against Liverpool. So like, there, there are a few in a row in the league where you could get some momentum. Uh, Everton, Sheffield United, Brentford, who are not, not doing well this season. And then Chelsea, who again are a mess before we have the Liverpool game at home. It's just there are a few. There's Liverpool, Newcastle, Arsenal. They're all at home and Brighton away that you'd look at and go, woof. Uh, and and look, if you lose eleven games in the league, as we have done, I don't think you really should qualify for the the Champions League, right? Uh, I mean, call me old school on that one, but it doesn't feel like a performance level that it's really qualifying of the elite of Europe. But United need it. I, I mean, Ratcliffe keeps going on about it. There's they could divert some funds from the injection of cash that he's put in from stadium development to to the FFP, but it won't it wouldn't even be much because they've been using the credit card to to do that and run right against the limit. So it's not like he can just stick 105 million in and go, okay, there you go. That's your that's your top up budget because it'll all adjust based on based on income which will go down and costs will go down as well because obviously they reduce player wages, but that impacts on who you can sign, etc, etc, etc. So it's yeah, it's not a healthy picture anyway. Yeah, we're not we're not qualifying for the Champions League. It doesn't seem likely. Six points we're behind Spurs with a they've got a game in hand and eleven behind Villa. It's it's not awesome. So and it's amazing we're eleven points behind Villa and we still managed to beat those twats twice. Yeah, well, it was because we tossed so many points in the first half of the season, and yeah. even the ones we won, you know, we fluked. There's a lot of very it, very narrow ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be 45 this week. Very good. Congratulations. So. Uh, How old you, will you be when United next win the league? Would I accept before between now and 55? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. That's a depressing thought, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it feels like we're, we're perpetually at least two years away. Yeah. We're not winning the league next season. I think I think we can say that. No. Definitely not. Even 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 so, even with a good summer. And, and we don't know what that's going to look like at all, do we? We don't know who the manager's going to be. I mean, I it's not going to be Tenor. It, it, no. it, it seems unlikely. I'd say he would from here, from here, he'd have to we'd have to go on a really good run of winning. As I said last week, I don't think that necessarily it matters if we're in the Champions League because you could easily just say, well, that was fucked from all the other stuff, the injuries or whatever, fine. But 
from here, results won't be enough. It has to look good. And he might have to win the cup as well, but it's not going to be him. He's not, gonna, he's not going to be the manager of United next season. And then the question is, well, who is? Yeah. Well, I think the default option should be the way we should think about it. And this is not me going, oh, Ten Hag out. I think the default is when you get a new management structure in place, it's usual for them to pick the the man they want. Darren Guy. Yeah. And they've and very clearly, Ratcliffe said in interview after interview that they will pick a manager based, they'll pick a style that they want the club to play in. And then they will pick a manager that's based on that. And I think it's quite it's not a big leap, is it, to go from Ashworth coming in to the manager he's yeah, worked with before in Potter, which is the stories that have been going around this week. I can't say that would get me very enthusiastic. Potter being like I, the, I, the only I the only manager believe. that would be wetter than Potter would be Gareth fucking Southgate, but Potter is quite wet. I mean, we we criticised Ten Hag for having a lack of charisma. He's he's actually quite charismatic. This is not English. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah Potter. I mean, I I'd be staggered if they look around and think what this club needs to get it going is Graham Potter, who is. Good at picking players. Like certain managers are good at different things, and maybe Potter's really good at managing Manchester United. But the evidence is that he's good at sort of taking mid to low ranking clubs way beyond where you think they could get. And let's not forget, at Brighton, he was backed by one of the greatest, one of the best talent ID systems in the world mm-hmm. that was providing that was providing him with players, and they still couldn't score. Yeah, and. Well, it's true. Deserby seems to have taken them on and they sold £150 million worth of midfielders in the summer. I'm not massively convinced by him either. It's hard to say because all the options, there's no option, like, doesn't appear to be an option that is someone who has the requisite sort of experience, but also is the next best guy. Wayne and I went through this in the midweek bonus content. Like, if you go down the list of who's top in the betting right now, it's not, uh, yeah, give me one of those. There's not a lot of... Because I, I couldn't look at Ruben Amarim, for example, who's quite high in the betting, and go, yeah, I know what he's about. I mean, people talk about him very favourably, but... I think he's a three-at-the-back guy. He is a three-at-the-back guy, which is there haven't been a lot of those at United in terms of managers. And then this Potter... There and then haven't been a lot of those in any successful team ever in history of right. Deserby, Alonso's not in there because I think the assumption is he's going to Liverpool. Bayern appeared to be. Or Bayern. Bayern. Yeah. And and then you get into Southgate, Carrick and Mourinho you know, and that kind of thing. <laughs> so I don't have any reason for this. I guess if I'm picking, I'd sort of, I'd be having a close look at Thiago Motta. I, it, it is, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just really, it's really because hard to say. I felt like, and I wrote this. I wrote this when Ten Hag got the job. That I felt like even the man, any man, the managers who'd had even minor success at United have had some charisma. Ron Atkinson, Tommy Doherty, yeah. even Van Sal won something where Ole and Moyes yeah. didn't. It feels like, especially if you're competing against State Wealth and Pep Guardiola, which United are. How do you how do you do something about that other than by having hair and not wearing brogues and you do like if you look at the way Liverpool won that League Cup against Chelsea, that's Klopp. That's Klopp. Like no other manager wins with those children, where they're able to go out in the final and, that's the, and express themselves without fear, yeah. because that's what happened really. And you've seen it when, when when you I was playing football. When you were in like a good kids team, sometimes you play some men, and if you got going, then they, the men might struggle because you, your kids kids are always like good on the ball and imaginative and that kind of thing. It's whether you can get them to that place where they're going to do it. I mean, Chelsea obviously didn't get stuck into them at the beginning of extra time, but then once Liverpool start playing and it's the, the freedom to express themselves and that and the, the belief that they can go and do it, and that, and that comes from Klopp. No other manager could have done what Klopp did with the players that he's had at Liverpool with the club. And I'm not saying, and obviously we can't go and get Klopp, but those those qualities are the reason why Liverpool did what they did more than anything else, more than any of the tactics, more than any of the signings. It's Jurgen Klopp's personality, yeah. and I don't know who that next person is. Whether it's someone like well, Thiago Motta does have some have some personality, or I, I don't I have no idea who, what what kind of guy Ruben Amorim is. No, but, and he's a child as well. I mean, he's he's not in forty yet. 
Oh, is that when you cease being a child? Yeah, yeah. that's it. I'll yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. You've just you've just become a man, Daniel. Uh, yeah, oh. it's it's a super hard one, but it's also it's a pretty pivotal time. It's not just about United's development. It says there's Klopp's leaving Liverpool. You don't know what impact that will have, even if Xabi Alonso turns out to be brilliant, and we don't know this. Uh, and he'll be less good than Klopp. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be better, right? And, and Pep may only have one more year. It's hard to say, but I think the contract goes up to 25. We'll see whether he wants to keep doing it. He's he's yearning he's yearning for credibility, Pep is, desperately. But the funny thing is, what they should actually do, if Ratcliffe really does, does have a big swinging dick, is offer Pep the job. Because uh, I think he'd take <laughs> it in a fucking heartbeat. He wants credibility. And he knows he's not going to get not it at City. From City. No, United. he's not. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not moving from City. He's not moving from City. It's United, but <laughs> no, he's not. But that would be fun, wouldn't it? I so who? Yeah, it just it seems it seems like it's we're getting to the point now where it's almost inconceivable that it's going to be Ten Hag next season, unless the choice of options is unless it's him or Southgate, in which case is it I'd keep him. But God, can even you imagine just the Southgate about. It like it, it yeah. yes. No, it's just it's a horrendous thought. It's a horrendous thought because like international football and Premier League football have just gone they've drifted so far apart. They're almost like two different sports when you watch them. Now there is there is no team in international football plays the 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 high press, high energy style or whatever style it is that Ratcliffe and his buddies want United to play. No one plays that way. It's completely different. There's no systems approaches, basically. Uh, and so the only evidence you really have of Gareth Southgate being a good club manager is his time at Middlesbrough, which was a total failure. I mean, I think I think it's not just international football. We're seeing it probably with Ten Hag as well, that the stuff you get away with in the Eredivisie, especially if you're Ajax, you cannot get away with in the Premier League. And it's what what you require to succeed is is different. It has to be better and stronger and faster and all of these things. And it feels like Ten Hag hasn't quite found hasn't quite found out what the answer is. There. Yeah, and that's even even with the injuries, it is it is aggravating that as soon as we started to play again, Martinez got injured and Shaw got injured. But I think Shaw, that that's that's a that's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. Martinez, I guess, remains to be seen if it's just that one unfortunate injury or whether he's also someone who's susceptible. But what we know is we've barely seen him in the Yeah, year. the impact injury of the, the broken metatarsal, that's like, I don't think we can blame that on anything other than bad luck. The The fact that he then gets a muscle injury after he comes back from that serious injury is not actually that surprising. And then you might want to question, like, with, with the medical team and Ten Hag, bringing him back too quickly, what's happened there. I mean, there's an awful lot of inquest, points for the inquest, I think, for for Brailsford or whoever's been leading that process. And one of one of them, lost you. One of them is 11 defeats in the Premier League. That's a big inquest. The other is, is Ten Hag football the one we want? Because what we thought we were getting and what we actually got are two very different things in terms of style of play. And we don't know whether Ten Hag ever wants to to play the style of play he did at Ajax. And then the medical stuff, big inquest there as well, because you could go, oh, this is unlucky, but it's been a feature across the entire season that players are getting injured over and over again. And Shaw coming back from a long-term injury and playing four games in two weeks and then getting injured again, no fucking surprise, was it? Like, it should, but should, that is I mean, hard to blame the manager when but we didn't have, when he did, didn't have options. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah. The fact that we play in these games without a left, we don't have a left back or a striker. It's incredible, isn't it? it? Then you could blame the manager perhaps for that, or you say, well, ha- your hands are tied here. My hands are tied! <laughs> As Axel Rose once said. I remember thinking when Civil War came out, where he goes, what's so civil about war anyway? Thinking, wow, that's so <laughs> Deep. <laughs> yeah, so, that's so profound now. Uh, songs that feature whistling yeah Patience actually another good Guns N' Roses song that features whistling there's there's a few in general I, I'm not a big fan yeah, of whistling, whistling in, in songs oh my gosh people with a whistle my dad likes to whistle and he's good at it it's just no it's so annoying 
All right, let's leave it there on City. Uh, just a note, I didn't see this one because it was at the same time, but uh, United women drew with West Ham. There's no chance of United making the Champions League now at all. I mean, it's, it there was, was no chance it before, felt, I mean, but yeah, it's definitely gone. I, I wrote the Guardian preview of United for the season and I said that they'll pretend that they're trying to win the league, but they'll, I, they'll be lucky if they consolidate because you can't get rid of, on the back today, Lauren James and uh, Alessia Russo in two summers and think that you're not going to get worse. No, they got rid of, well, or lost some very good players and replaced them with lots and lots and lots of what looked like quite mediocre players. So, I mean, Giza's looked good in bits, but she's been away Jason's with Brazil. Yeah. 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 Has, has, has ability. But Lauren James is a superstar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she looked like um, at 16 when she came into the, the side and United were in the championship. You're like, okay, here's a player. So She's the new generation. I think I've said this before. That it feels like she seems to me like the first generation of women player who's just had the same as what the men had all her life. So she's growing up. Obviously, she's played football in the garden with her brother, who happens to be amazing also. But then would have played football at every level through childhood, proper teams, proper coaching. And it feels like she's the sort of the next generation of just like natural footballer who's been well looked after in the correct way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And in fact, actually, if you if you listen to some of the people who watch women's football more closely than I do, and especially at academy level, what they've what many of the clubs have done is just replicate the the academy process uh, that that has been seen in the men's game. And and what you're going to get is a huge, like a massive generation of really talented players coming through. And and some of the people over here in the in the NWSL are saying that the American women's system has fallen a long way behind as a result and i i don't know that i'm just like repeating what people have said but it seems like there's a lot of talent including of course grace clinton who's been fantastic for spurs and now england all season and united looking at who's a united player out on loan and united looking at her and go hmm, probably could have done with her this season yeah i mean it feels like what's going on in the wsl probably is what happened in the premier league we're going to end up with most of the best players and most of the best teams in WSL with your, your Real Madrid and your Barcelonas and your Leons still still being good, but and your Wolfsburgs also, but it feels like it's trending in that particular direction. Classic loose where, use of yeah, yeah, your Barcelonas and your Real Madrid. And yeah. <laughs> My favourite one of those is, is it Dan, Dan Evans, the tennis player, talks about your knees. <laughs> your knees, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think, I, I've got a thread of pluralization on Twitter. If, every, if anyone gives a shit about this lame stuff, but excites me. If you search me in pluralization, you'll find a lot of great pluralization. Good but stuff. your knees. Your knees. There's one where Jason Oliver, and also he's talking about music. So he's going, the Bowies, the Leonard Cohen's, or whatever. The The Thurs. The Thurs. The 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, super. Well, yeah. I mean, these, these are the things that please me <laughs> in my forty-four year old mind. I was enjoying playing around with the voice cloning AI this week, and uh, I managed to clone. Well, you, I'd done before, Paul, myself, Alex Ferguson, and Eric Cantona, and uh, I, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. Eleven labs and. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't send it to you actually, but I will do after the after this. I cloned Eric reading some porn, which was just delightful, <laughs> delightful, and you just know he would love doing that as well. I wonder how that would be if you got like John Motson to do it. I could, I could, I shall send you, Motty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was always a Barry Davis man, but I mean, Motty's a bit, bit more intense, I guess, more frantic. So. Maybe, maybe would be better for the task at hand. What before we leave this game, though? Does any? I don't know if you saw Ten Hag's interview after. I did not he about small margins, right? So he talks about small margins. Says on another day we could have won, hmm. and that's sort of true. Yeah, <laughs> that we botched. Like the chance that we haven't talked, we were on the Rashford missed in the first half for about five yards where the ball was going across him. That was a bad miss, mm-hmm. and we could have won, but. He's got to know that United have been severely outclassed again. And he'll probably think that there wasn't anything he could do to prevent that from happening and in this, on this particular occasion. And that might be true. But 
I know that he played the way he had to play. There is still something uncomfortable about watching United do that. I hate it. I hate, like, not just, obviously, you want to defend there you defend the box. Well, it's not so much that. The thing that pisses me off often is the cowardice in possession mm -hmm. where they're much too concerned with just getting rid of the ball. Yeah. And I actually thought for the first hour today, they didn't do that as much. When they got, got the ball out of defence, they were trying to work it out of defence well. It was just felt like when they had really you know, get that brief window because of City's high line where you've got second on the ball to play a killer ball and they weren't they weren't doing it but instantly Bruno who's been getting a lot of aggravation recently he's created United's last three goals I think uh, I mean he's created over 120 and chances this season uh, he, he gets aggravation I from from idiots but I just don't I don't but I, he, I mean as it happens I know I know wise people who've watched a lot of United who also who don't like Bruno Fernandes, people whose judgment I listen to and I seek out when we talk, when we talk about football. And the thing with him is that I am, he's not had as good a season this year as last year or the year before or the year before. Mm. But if I were to look at this team and think what's wrong with it or to be like, well, why? And you look around and you think, well, that's fucking why. And also it feels like He's getting to that point. Maybe he is, maybe he maybe he is now on, uh, on the way down. Well, he's played a lot of football, just, and, and that may that may maybe he's had enough. Yeah. But so I I would say like this, he is still useful. He, of course, I mean, he creates an incredible amount of chances. So the aggravation is is a couple of reasons that he seems to get it. One one is his kind of general demeanor, the moaning and the complaining and the whatever. And I, I don't care. He's he's a cunt, but he's our cunt. So I I don't mind that. I'd probably hate him if he's in the opposition. And the other is another is the kind of wastefulness, but that's part of the game. It's high risk balls all the time, and he actually can be perfectly sensible in possession. When on the few occasions that Ten Hag has played him more as an eight, he's perfectly sensible in possession. He's good on the turn as well, and he keeps it well. He can do it, but his role in the team is to create chaos. And, and like, and if it wasn't that, and if Ten Hag wasn't happy with that and didn't want that, he wouldn't ask him to do it. He'd, he'd, and he'd, also, we saw what happened when Rangnick came, right? He dropped Bruno, the first available opportunity, yeah. because he didn't fit that fucking ridiculous 4 2 2, -two yeah. that he was wanking over. And he dropped him for that Wolves game, and it was dreadful. Well, no, he, 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 didn't, he, he, got, he was suspended. That was what it was. He was suspended. I think we win, so he doesn't bring him back mm -hmm. for that Wolves game over Christmas. And it's dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful till he brings Bruno on and he doesn't do it again. Yeah. Because you can't. There's a different question. Can United be properly good and control games against good sides without Bruno, with Bruno in the well, team? Well, you need a space eater um, behind him. So, and Mane is one, and then, it, and, and then you'd need another one, like a peak Angolo Kante style player behind him. Then you can do it. So. Or someone, someone who's good on the ball. No. And then you, and then the way that you play changes as well. If you have the right players in the right positions, then the way that you play changes yeah. as well. So you don't need him to try and create something. Because one of the reasons we need him to try and kill the balls all the time is because we're not dominating possession, no. even against your fucking Brentford yeah. or whoever in this world. Yeah. Like we're, we're having less possession at home yeah. to fill it. Yeah. So when Bruno gets on the ball, he has to try and make something happen because who knows when he's next getting that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and the other the other thing I you know, ask is, well, then who replaces him? Because you do need a creative outlet. Unless United are going to transition and they won't do it under Ten Hag to clock ball, where you have a lot of physical players in the middle and and you, all the all the chance creation is from wide and the fullbacks. You know, I don't have those players, so we're not moving to that system. If we were moving to a possession dominant system, and not to sound like a broken record, but we have seen no evidence that Ten Hag wants to move there, and his own words tell us that he doesn't want to move to that point. Then you might go, okay, we need a, a different style of player than Bruno. It's one for the summer, but I don't think it's going to be a priority for anyone because if you want to bring in the next best creative player if you're going to play with a creative player as uh, so a number 10 then it's going to cost a ton of money i mean you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily do that i mean a lot of the best teams don't really have a number 10 exactly i mean i guess the city just sort of have lots what city have is they have attacking players who can run yeah. and uh, in some ways i mean the person who's most similar to bruno is bernardo in that he's not a great athlete 
that his football intelligence is extreme. And whatever people say about Bruno, his football intelligence is extreme. Just because he doesn't deploy it the way that you might want him to, the ability to score with those goals that he has scored, although he's not done it this season, see the passes that we like. That is like, n- most people can't do that. And the thing Bernard, Bernardo understands the game in a different way, but it's same. It's that kind of similar physique, similar similar build, I guess. Bernardo's more like a short pass guy who keeps it going. but yeah. he's surrounded by massive athletes. Yeah. I don't know whether you get to watch much of the Bundesliga. I mean, it's been pretty interesting this season, but Florian Wirtz is a very interesting young player who might provide a kind of creative outlet and also a bit more savvy in possession or a bit more considered in possession. So, But, I, but it's probably going to be way I, more than United are willing or able to spend this summer anyway. So, I mean, because Leverkusen are going to have Champions League. Maybe. Yeah. And I think my sense also is that there's obviously going to be what always happens in this situation. There's going to be a feeding frenzy on that Leverkusen team. Be. And we're and we're probably not going to be first in the queue to take the, out of there the players that you want to take, whether it's Tark, Sunu. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that much of them, so I don't... And also, because they play this very particular system, and also in a very particular league, yeah, yeah. how secure you can be that it will translate, I don't know. Like, I guess being a centre-back probably doesn't change that much, but Frimpong, Grimaldi, those guys, who knows what they would look like playing in a different team in a different league. Don't yeah, know. yeah. And there's a benchmark. Kai Havertz costs, what, 95 million or something like that. And uh, so it's a, it's a ton of money. And and yes, absolutely. But then Arteta went and spent another 60-odd on him as well. I mean, because Havertz, Havertz's got beautiful talent. And he 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 was a, an Abramovich side. Yeah. Lampard did the one. Yeah, yeah. Lamp- Bradford saw him play on the telly. So it was, I did, probably loads of us did the thought. Plenty of Yeah, yeah, good. absolutely. Yeah. And, and it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't quite worked out, but yeah, it's hard. He's one of those players. It's hard to know exactly, exactly what he is, but he's someone you feel should be better because he's got that lovely ability of the ball, but also he's got physicality. Mm-hmm. Like if you stuck Bruno in Kai Havertz's body, you'd have an even better player than the one you yeah, have at the yeah. moment. All right, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Back as we're going to talk about Marcus Rashford, his article in the Players' Tribune and some of the reaction to it. You will, uh, you can get that on patreon.com forward slash NQATpod. We are also on YouTube. You can find us, just search for us, no question about that. And on the socials. And at some point soon, we'll be on Apple and you'll be able to get back a show on there as well at some point soon. Everyone else, we will see you next week. Bye now. Please.